At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today following Charlotte's 97-87 win on MLK Day in New York against the Knicks. As we have a lot to get to on this winning episode of the HHC, we'll break this one down and highlight our top performers. And now that we're a little bit past the halfway point of the season, we have to talk about some of the winning plays that the Hornets have had this season so far. And to chat with me about all these topics is the lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Perley. Sam, I'm excited for this episode. Thanks for joining me today. Yes, thank you as always for having me. Always enjoy being on and obviously enjoy being on extra amount when the Hornets are coming off a victory. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get a recap of this one as the Hornets were looking to bounce back from a disappointing loss to Orlando Friday night here at the Hive and it was Miles Bridges who got it going early and often for Buzz City. Gordon Hayward, he'll head fake the shot. Drives on Fournier, kicks to Bridges. He'll let the three go from the right wing. Nothing but nylon. Rip the net cord. Miles Bridges drilling a Lowe's three-point shot. The Hornets are off and running here, leading 7-0. They have shut out the Knicks through the first two minutes and 25 seconds of this contest. That was an omen of things to come as the Hornets started like you heard there on that 7-0 run. The Knicks didn't get their first point until the 9-29 mark of the first quarter and did not get their first field goal until the 9-0-1 mark of the first quarter. But Miles Bridges continued to stay hot. Bridges working on Randall. Three Knicks with his attention. He goes for a step back three. That's good again. It's a 20-point quarter. A titanic frame for Miles Bridges. And Charlotte leads 32-22. to Miles finished the first frame with 22 points, four rebounds and two assists. That was a career high for points in a quarter for Miles as Charlotte led it 34-23. to The second quarter was more the same as Terry Rozier began to heat up and put this one out of reach just before halftime. Terry Rozier. 
fires for three, sinks it with 1.2 seconds remaining in the first half. It's a 62 to 44 lead. Knicks will not get a shot off. There is a new member of the top five in Hornets history for threes in a Hornets uniform, and his name is Terry Rozier. Buzz City led it by 18 at the break as Miles Bridges finished the first half with 28 points off 10 of 13 shooting to go along with 8 rebounds and 4 assists. From there, the Hornets were able to go on cruise control as Miles notched his 8th double-double midway through the third quarter and had 33 points going into the fourth as Charlotte led it by 19 at that point. And although the Hornets only scored 11 points in the final frame, it did not matter as 5 of those came from Miles, giving him a new career high. Plumley. Trying to work it to Bridges, give him a shot here at the career high. Bridges, double team, throws up a follow-away three, and it nestles in at the buzzer, and that is a new career high for Miles Bridges. 38 points here at Madison Square Garden. Charlotte lead back up to 20. 97-77, Miles Bridges put on a show. The Knicks used a 10-0 spurt in mop-up time to make the score a little bit more respectable, but the Hornets sting the Knicks yesterday for a 97-87 win, improving now to 24-20 on the season. Sam, there's a lot to like after this one. The Hornets had a last-second situation where LaMelo Ball popped up on the injury report as questionable with a non-COVID-related illness. He was active but did not see the floor and wasn't really on the bench until the second quarter as it was, but luckily the Hornets didn't need him yesterday as they were able to hold their own against the Knicks team that is also a little bit banged up, but but at the same time, came into this one winning their last three games. Yeah, I think what impressed me the most was just the overall response in this one. JB talked a lot about that word respond before the game. And that's what the Hornets did. They really responded in this one. And you mentioned LaMelo being active, but kind of felt like maybe would only play in case of an emergency situation. You're on the road in Madison Square Garden, which is always really loud and energetic. And you have an early tip off. So there's a lot of kind of different factors in play. But again, the start of the game, the 20, I think they had a 23 to 11 run at the end of the first. Knicks were like up 12, 11. 23-11 run, Charlotte, and then they never trailed again. I mean, you kept the foot on the gas second quarter, third quarter. I mean, it was a 20-point game for pretty much the end of the second quarter until the final three minutes of kind of garbage time where, like you said, the Knicks got a few baskets. But, I mean, the Hornets just dominated this one end-to-end. You know, the 10-point victory, I think, was a little misleading. This was, you know, I think they had 77 with three minutes remaining. So I think that's what just stood out for me, just the overall team response. They had the right mentality going into this one, obviously getting a big-time performance from Miles Bridges. Terry, Gordon as well, were all really, really good, set the tone in this one. So great bounce-back performance coming off that Magic game on Friday night for sure. There's plenty to talk about and plenty that stands out. And when you look at the box score, and of course we'll get to our top performers here in just a few moments, but Miles Bridges, like we mentioned, a career-high 38 points. He said that the reason that he was really aggressive and why he was kind of feeling himself yesterday was because LaMelo Ball was not in the lineup. We knew we had to be aggressive. You know, Melo, he usually brings that aggression for us, and we go as he go. Um, so somebody had to pick up the slack. You know, I wanted to go out there and be aggressive from the jump. And then T-Row started being aggressive, then Gordon. So it was like a domino effect. You know, we just got going. That's pretty much all it was as Miles Bridges finishes with 38 points. Terry Rogier also had 22, and Gordon Hayward finishes in double figures as well with 16 points out of his own as the Hornets were able to win this one 97-87 to at Madison Square Garden. Sam, the other thing that stood out to me were the turnovers. Charlotte took care of the basketball really well. They only had three turnovers in the first half, ended up with four in the second half, but the Knicks were only able to score seven points off those turnovers. On the other side, though, New York turned the ball over 15 times. It resulted in 14 Charlotte points, and that's something that we've seen the last couple of 
nights is that the Hornets have been doing a good job of creating those turnovers. Obviously, there were a lot of turnovers in that Orlando game, but outside of that, really, Charlotte's done a pretty good job taking care of the basketball, all things considered, especially when you think about the way that the Hornets usually play. It's usually an up-tempo pace that usually results in more mistakes, but outside of that Orlando game, like I mentioned on Friday, the Hornets have done a really good job generating more takeaways than they've been giving away. Yeah, just great performance, and I think if you look at this performance as a whole, wasn't necessarily the best offensive showing for the Hornets. Obviously, Miles had a spectacular performance, but this Hornets offense only scoring 97 points. They had to find other ways to win, and when you didn't have LaMelo Ball there to kind of you know, get the offensive gear a little bit. I think the Knicks have been something like top five in the NBA defense over the last 11 games, uh, have been really finding their recent success on that end. So you had to find other ways to win. You had to kind of do the little things like that, make the three-pointers, don't turn the ball over, get as many opportunities as you can, you know, make sure the Knicks play at your pace, things like that. I think the Hornets did a good job kind of filling in the gaps there. Obviously, you can still feel it not having Kelly Oubre there. He's been a big scoring punch off the bench. So overall, really good end-to-end performance for the Hornets. And I think a lot of it was another one of these games where you're just finding other ways to win. You know, you find ways you don't have scoring necessarily that night, find other ways to win, and they won it with their defense yesterday afternoon. That's a really good point you bring up here, Sam, is that the Hornets now winning five of their last six. They've done it in different ways. When you look at the box score yesterday, you kind of scratch your head a little bit. The Knicks had 53 rebounds. The Hornets only had 39. The bench did not show up only seven points, but again, the bench was a little thin. But the way that the Hornets have been able to win the last couple of games, again, five of their last six, have been different ways. There's been some high scoring affairs. There's been hot three-point shooting. There's been dominating points in the paint. And then there's one like last night where the Hornets were able to kind of grind this one out. Even though they want to play at a higher pace, New York was able to dictate the tempo a little bit more. They want to slow the ball down. That's a typical Tom Thibodeau coach team. But the Hornets were still able to come out on top. And that's the second time that we've seen the Hornets do that this year. Because if you think all the way back to November where the Hornets played the Knicks here at Spectrum Center, it was kind of a similar contest in terms of pace, physicality, and the Hornets were able to come out on top. So I think that's another thing here, too, that a lot of people don't realize is that the Hornets have been able to do a really good job kind of conforming to their opponent and winning in different ways. A lot of teams just really can't do that. Yeah, you know, I think JB has got to be thrilled with how the defense is trending. Obviously, it wasn't, you know, where he wanted it in that Orlando game. But if you look at this last four games for the Hornets, three of them, second Milwaukee game, Philadelphia game, and now this game against the Knicks, you're holding your opponent under 100 points. First Milwaukee game, they're at 106 points. So when you have a defense that's consistently holding teams under 100, under 105 points right now, and your offense is as good as the Hornets is, second in the NBA right now, you're not having two of your top five leading scorers. I mean, you're going to find a way to win a lot of games if your defense plays at the level that the Hornets have been playing at for the most part these last couple of weeks. So I think that's what JB's got to be most thrilled about is just the way the team responded defensively. You're going to give yourself a chance to win every single game you go out there if you defend and you hold teams to 40% shooting and under 90 points or under 100 points. So I think that was probably what he's most thrilled with. And again, like you said, you know, just to reiterate one more time, teams that can find different ways to win, winning in shootouts, winning in grinded out kind of games, those are the teams that are going to be most successful over the course of an NBA season because there's so many ebbs and flows. you got to adapt sometimes on a daily or nightly basis. Once again, the Hornets win it in grinded out fashion, 97 to 87, now improving the 24 and 20 on the season as Charlotte will now move up the Northeast a little bit more and head to Boston to take on the Celtics tomorrow. Of course, we will have that preview podcast for you then, but still plenty to talk about here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We'll talk about our top performers next. One will probably stand out a little bit more than the other, but we'll get to that here in just a few moments on the HHC. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. 
So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Six on the shot clock, pass to the corner, Bridges, head fakes to three. He'll drive baseline, rises up, up and under, lefty lay it, yes! He's spilled to the floor, but no foul called. That's quite the way to establish a season high, and 35 points for Bridges. And it matches his career best mark as well. Miles Bridges with one of the most acrobatic reverse layups you will ever see, driving the baseline, going underneath two shot blockers, switching hands in midair, and then finishing with a little kiss off the glass and owed to Bill Rafferty there as the Hornets win it 97-87 over the New York Knicks yesterday on MLK Day. Rob Longo with you here on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. I'm joined today by lead writer of Hornets.com, Sam Purley. And Sam, this is where we normally get into our top performers, but I think it's pretty clear cut that we know who today's top performer is. If you're going to give it me or you, we can take I can take the easy one and just say, yeah, Miles Bridges was extraordinary in this one. 38 points. Obviously, we talked about it in the, the opening segment. 14 of 20, so really efficient as well. You know, he's taking a lot of the finishing at the rim, mid-range, three-pointers. He had five of nine from three, hit all his free throws, also had 12 rebounds and five assists. I thought some of his playmaking in the first half was really, really good. They started to double him a little bit, especially with Randall and Barrett, and he found open guys right around the basket and only had one turnover as well. So, I think that was, you know, pretty clear cut. One of the best performances of Miles' career, especially different things he was able to do. And on top of that, they were kind of running the offense so much through him with Lamelo not playing. So, yeah, easy one, Miles Bridges for sure. After this one yesterday, James Borrego was asked about the development of Miles Bridges and said that this is something that he hasn't really been accustomed to, but it's something that takes some time to learn how to be one of these prolific offensive weapons here in the NBA. Well, it takes a while. You know, this, this isn't something he hasn't had the ball in his hands his, his whole life. You know, he was a big guy and didn't make a lot of decisions early on in his career. He didn't come out of college. That was not his game. You got to get reps at making decisions. And that's what playmaking is. It's making the right reads, making the right plays with the ball in your hands. It's not just somebody delivering it to me. So he's grown. If you, you know, go back to last year, this is when it started. You know, his playmaking started when Gordon was out of the lineup last year. The ball started to find his hands a little bit more as a playmaker and he just continued to grow. So this started last year. It bled into the summer. And then obviously he's had a great year this year. It's also not a surprise, Sam, either that this happened at Madison Square Garden. When you think back to it last season, back on May 15th of 2021, Miles Bridges missed six games due to health and safety protocols. His first game back was in Madison Square Garden. He dropped a 30-piece. He went for 30 points, five rebounds, and four assists. The Hornets ended up losing that game by nine, but when you look at it after yesterday's performance, it's kind of like, oh, well, this is a no-brainer that Miles really likes playing at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it, it is the Mecca for a reason. People call it the Mecca for a reason, but one other note based off Miles' performance yesterday at Madison Square Garden. Over the last 20 seasons, Miles Bridges is the only Hornets player to score 20 or more points in the opening quarter of a game, and only four players have had 20 points or more in the first quarter this season. So just another stellar performance by Miles Bridges, and it has a little bit more depth when you take a look at all of these other numbers coming in based off of around the league this season, in Hornets history, and based off what he was able to do in years past at Madison Square Garden as well. But that James Borrego quote really stood out to me 
after yesterday's game, Sam, mostly because of the second part of that, how when Gordon Hayward was out last year due to injury, Miles was able to step up, and it all leads back to that game at the middle of May last season where Miles coming out of health and safety protocols ends up going for 30 points, and it was just kind of a matter of time that we were able to see him develop into the player that we're seeing today, bidding for an all-star spot, bidding for most improved player. It's one of those things that is just another cap tip to Mitch Kupchak, to this Hornets organization that is able to get these young players out of college and develop them at their own pace because it's not a one-shoe-fits-all situation a lot of times with some of these players. Everybody develops at their own pace, and Miles Bridges is no different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you made a lot of good points there, and I think it's, it's interesting. You know, there's no really to really know, but you know, how much of Miles' growth can you attribute to that six-week stretch last year where Gordon wasn't available? I know Miles missed some time in there like we spoke about, but having the opportunity, you know, remember, he was a starter the whole 2019-20 season. He was starting at the three, and then they moved him back to the bench when Hayward was signed and then kind of more developed into this small ball four role you know, the last year and a half or so. And how much did that last month and a half of last season help Miles and really propel his confidence? It kept the Hornets afloat in that playoff race, too, with Lamelo and Gordon out, really kind of springboarded into this season. I mean, and he's been extraordinary. You know, he's got seven 30-point games now. He only had three, I think, in his career coming into this. His three-point shooting has been, you know, a little off, but obviously encouraging going 5-9 yesterday. I think it's starting to come around a little bit more. Great attacking the rim, great finishing, just doing everything right now defensively, you know, 12 rebounds. I mean, he's, he's total package is exactly you know guys that can do multiple things on the court and impact the games and he's finding ways to impact the games at high levels now it's like you said you can't chalk it up to anything more than just an incredible amount a credible credit to the the Hornets developmental staff to Miles obviously the coaching staff Mitch Kupchak James Borrego you know empowering Miles and putting him in positions to succeed it's been a thrill to watch and you know I know this had some kind of off games here and there for Miles this season especially from the shooting but to see him kind of come across with a, a big time performance you know spotlight is on at MSG you know it's always kind of a rowdy crowd is that's got to feel pretty good for Miles and hoping kind of springboard some things and get some momentum going in the second half of the season and even with some sort of inconsistency like you mentioned a little bit there that's just human nature not everybody's going to be perfect a million percent of the time so you know it's not like we're saying oh my goodness Miles Bridges isn't allowed to have a bad game it's just going to happen it's just you know the ebbs and flows of an 82 game season to keep with some customary top performers here on a Hornets Hivecast like we normally do I will go ahead and kind of pivot a different direction we have to give a shout out to Terry Rozier 22 points yesterday the shooting was pedestrian we can say 8 18 from the field 4 of 11 beyond the arc but he ends up going for six rebounds and seven assists as well keep in mind too he was playing point guard yesterday as well because Lamella Ball did not play Ishmit did get some minutes in there as well he had 14 minutes in that secondary reserved role but the majority of the point guard position was logged by Terry Rozier yesterday we've seen him do it a little bit in the past but again he was not quite flirting with the triple double but putting up some pretty impressive numbers there at the point guard position and I have to throw in an honorable mention as well Cody Martin got the start at the two spot yesterday because of Terry Rozier moving over to the point guard position with LaMelo Ball being out with that non-COVID related illness Cody Martin played 46 minutes yesterday he didn't shoot the ball very well he had nine points he also had seven rebounds and four assists but 46 minutes on the floor yesterday those are numbers that we usually don't see from Cody Martin or anybody in the league anymore in general yeah to start with Terry at first yeah I thought he was really good you know it was kind of a 
the Miles Terry combo. I think they had 13 of the team's first 14 points or 12 of the team's first 13 points. I mean, they did a really good job of kind of setting the tone. Then you obviously had Cody in there. Just I didn't even realize the minutes thing. 45, just a number you really don't hit that often. But credit to Cody, you know, and did a really good job on some of those Knicks backcourt guys. Fournier, six points. Burke, six points. I don't know how much exactly he was on them one-on-one, but I have to think that he had a major role in, in their two guards, only scoring 12 points on three of 13 shooting. Another number that stuck out to me for Terry, you said the seven assists, zero turnovers as well. You know, that's a tough spot to get in. I know he's played a good amount of point guard in his career, but to have seven assists, I think that was one off his season high do with zero turnovers and you know total team effort but I think Terry too it felt like he had a couple big shots at the end of that second quarter hit a couple threes to get 10 points in the quarter really kind of got the momentum going into halftime and helped build up that 18 point lead and another I guess notable moment for Terry's night moved into fifth place on the franchise's all-time three-point leaderboard I think he's now at 498 so just a couple more to get to 500 with the Hornets and I believe he is 11 away from moving into fourth place now passing Glenn Rice so a couple games from now we'll uh, keep our eyes out for that but he's moving up quick still has a way to go to take over the top spot against of course Kemba Walker but you know the way Terry Rozier has been shooting the ball the last couple of seasons here in Charlotte and with that contract extension certainly not out of the question so we might see that record fall sooner rather rather than later. Hornets win it 97-87 over the New York Knicks yesterday, improving the 24-20 and 20 on the season. Coming up, though, here in our third and final segment on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, we're going to play a little bit of a guessing game about some of the top moments from these Hornets players so far this season, some winning plays that Sam Perley will be talking about here later this week on Hornets.com. We'll chat about it next, right here on EHHC. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Rob Longo and Sam Purley with you as we wrap up this installment of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. We've referenced it several times here on the podcast when Sam joins me that you can read all of his great writing at Hornets.com and this week is no different. Later on this week, Sam is going to be debuting a new piece detailing winning plays that Hornets players have made so far this season. There's a lot to pick from for some. So without seeing any of them, I've decided that it would be fun to see how wrong I am and try to guess a few that are on Sam's list. What do you think about that, Sam? I'm all for it. Any, any chance to, uh, to put somebody else's test via trivia or something like this, I'm all for it. So what it is is I basically took the, all the rotation players and just picked one from them. So one, their best one or their most memorable one from each of the rotation players. So there might be some I, I missed, but it kind of just kept it to one guy or one for each guy that's been in the rotation. So about 10 total that really kind of stuck out to me this year. So when I think of winning plays, and I don't know, again, I didn't read a rough draft or anything of this yet, but when I think of winning plays, I think of clutch time plays. I think of plays that are coming down to the wire and there's a big moment here or there. So there's a couple that stand out to me off the top of my head. Like, for example, with Terry Rozier, there are two that stand out on the top of my head. There's that big three-pointer that he hit down the stretch in Washington back in November that really kind of put that one out of reach as Washington was trying to mount a comeback. That was a winning play in my book. And then there was another one that Terry Rozier had, of course. It was that jump ball win against the Golden State Warriors that really sealed possession for the Hornets, and Charlotte was able to hit some free throws and give Golden State its first regulation loss of the season. And again, that was all the way back in November as well. Sam, am I on the right track here at all? 
Yes, absolutely. That's actually two of them. So for Terry's, I did I did do the jump ball. I thought that one was, I think, looking back, his two-point lead. He got trapped in the backcourt by Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, tied up, I think, about 20 seconds left. Gets the jump ball, flips it to Jalen. Jalen gets to him. And Terry, actually, on top of that, also dribbles the ball out for about nine to ten seconds then hits both free throws. So I should have explained there was one little caveat that I did not say that none of these plays are directly made baskets. But the Terry Rozier three-pointer in Washington stems from the kind of poke-away play that LaMelo had. They had a fe- an alley-oop to Miles that they couldn't connect on. Montrez Harrell gets the rebound. LaMelo pokes it away within half-second, grabbed by Cody Martin. They burn another 15, 20. It might have actually burned about 20 seconds off the shot clock. Led to that Terry Rozier three-pointer to clinch it. So all these plays are not made shots. They might be plays that lead to made shots, but the play itself is not technically a made shot. So I should have clarified that to begin. But yeah, those two plays or sequence of plays are definitely in it for sure. It's also partially my fault. I should have kind of assumed that because you're such a big hustle stats guy. So I should have just kind of assumed that it was not a direct bucket. So to go to my next one that I had written down, which is not a made bucket, and it's probably on the list here then, is from PJ Washington. If you think back all the way to the opening night of the season here at Spectrum center the Hornets were able to come back from a 23 point deficit against the Indiana Pacers and take the lead in the third quarter then the fourth quarter got a little squirrely as PJ Washington was able to come up with a big defensive stop on Demonis Sabonis to seal the victory made it a very difficult shot Sabonis didn't really have a chance at it or didn't have a good look at a final game winning basket and PJ Washington came up with the big defensive stop is that one on the list that is on the list and it's actually I kind of cheated on that one a little bit I went for the sequence on that so if you go back to the possession before the Hornets were down one Gordon Hayward missed a layup and ripped it away from Chris Duarte PJ picks up the loose ball I think he has his back facing to the basket immediately kind of flicks it over his head gets draws a foul on Torrey Craig ends up hitting both free throws and then like you mentioned the ISO stop so kind of cheated on that one I went with a little sequence of plays but I guess it kind of started with picking up that loose ball and having kind of the wherewithal to put up the shot, draw the foul, obviously hitting the free throws is clutch, and then getting the stop at the other end. But yeah, that one made it for PJ for sure. So how many Cody Martin charges are on the list? That was another one. Yep, that's the next one. I could have paid him pointed a bunch, but the uh, the Cody Martin charge picked up back-to-back charges. Charlotte four-point lead against the Nets. I think it was the third game of the season. They had a four-point lead in the fourth quarter. Draws back-to-back charges on James Harden. They score off both of them, get it to eight. Harden has to go to the bench, and by the time he comes back in, or by the time there's a chance for him to come back in, the game's kind of over. So those are kind of the two. I mean, I, I think this very easily be the Cody Martin winning plays segment for sure, because he's had so many this year that you don't necessarily really see a or can really remember just you know little stuff here or there but those were the uh the ones for cody for sure that i really kind of remembered is like those two things really kind of pushed the hornets to a victory early on against brooklyn i could do this all day but i don't want to spoil the entire article that's going to come out later this week on hornets.com but the one thing i will ask you before we wrap up this edition of the hhc sam is hey how long did this take because i feel like it would take a while to go back and try to break down every single stat and b did you learn anything different about this hornets team going back and researching some of these numbers and some of these plays yeah uh it took a little while. I think some were kind of easy. You know, you remember the PJ ones, or I wrote a little bit on the Cody Charges one, and, you know, some of them aren't necessarily at the end of the fourth quarter. Some of them are stemming big runs where you can feel like the game kind of getting out of control. So it's a little challenging because the whole goal is to find plays that don't necessarily show up in the box score or maybe you didn't think were so big at the time. Then you look back and you're like, wow, that steal at, you know, three minutes left was really big. You know, it was a five-point swing. So it's a little challenging kind of going through the box scores. You know, you're basically only looking at winning games and you can kind of fill 
filter it a little bit to games that were within five or 10 points or something like that. Cause you're not going to have too many of those winning plays and games that win by 25, 30 points. So it was challenging, but you know, was able to kind of look through a lot of the past games on video and look at different stuff. So I really enjoyed it kind of finding. And I guess what I learned is, you know, really everybody has contributed to winning in some capacity. Every guy's had a moment this year or made a big timely play at the end of a game that proved to be the difference that wasn't necessarily a shot or a you know made free throw or things like that. So fun to go back and kind of look at some of those games and said, you know what, I didn't really think that was a big a play at a time, but now that I'm looking back, that was a really big play by Kelly or a really big play by Ish, you know, because these are the plays that don't necessarily make the highlight reel. So a lot of fun, and I'm excited to share it later on this week. Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, thank you so much for joining me on today's edition of the HHC, and I'm really looking forward to this article coming out later this week. Well, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy it and hope everyone enjoys it. And like always, thank you for having me on, for sure. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Of course, tomorrow it will be a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber will be back with you to preview that one as the Hornets get set to take on the Boston Celtics from Boston, a 7.30 tip-off on ESPN. So for Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for listening to us today, and we'll see you here tomorrow once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.